Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host, Maria. Here, it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. And today, my guest, is Grace Lear. I am thrilled to have you here, Grace. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I met Grace um, through an interview that she did for Authority Magazine. And Grace, I love your story. I love how you went after your dream and followed your passion. And I love where it has taken you. Thank so, you so much. I, I really would love for you to share your story how, you know, what happened, how you went after your dream, the courage, the comfort zone, all of those good things. But before that, let's start by you sharing three words that describe you and give us a little bit of background behind each word. Three words that describe me? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is so on the spot. Okay. Three <laughs> words that describe me. I would think uh, one is passionate. Mm-hmm. I'm very passionate in all aspects of my life. So the meaning, I mean, yeah, if I talk about my passion it's in anything it could, you know, even as a kid, it was playing soccer, even with my relationships. I'm very passionate about the people in my life. Uh, I was very passionate and about, I was passionate about sports. And then now it's even just in my healthy living lifestyle, I'm passionate about cooking, all these different things. So passionate for sure. Um, a second word that would describe me is determined, um, which kind of would go along with work ethic. You know, I'm very, when I have my, my goal set on something, I am so determined to complete that goal and find success in it. Um, and I think the third thing I would say describes me is um, fearless. I think fearless would be a good one. Um, and that goes back to part of my story, you know, and I haven't always been fearless, but I think, and it comes in waves, but I think I've learned to be fearless because moving to Nashville and not knowing what was waiting for me and kind of dropping everything and then auditioning for American Idol and just doing things that were so scary and so, and did, you know, fill me with fear. Um, those ended up being the best things in my life and they changed my life and they taught me things and even doing things and failing at them. I mean, and being fearless about it, I think teaches people a lot. So. And speaking of fearless, let's start with that. You had a dream, you knew you had a talent, right? A skill. And tell us about that. What made you say, I will go after that because exactly to the point that you just thought you had no idea once you go after your desires and dream, what's there? Is it going to work? Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, I have been singing since I was a little girl. I remember getting on stage when I was six years old and it was at my elementary school talent show. And I sang a Selena song called dreaming of you. And I still remember that feeling, even, (laughs) even as a little girl, I still remember the feeling of being on stage because it's the same feeling I get today. It's, it's the same. It's these butterflies. It's passion, it's nerves, it's excitement, it's love. It's, and then as I kept singing as a little girl, I remember I then fast forward to third grade, I sang somewhere over the rainbow. So I was obsessed with wizard of Oz. And it was at that moment that my parents really saw that talent in me. It wasn't just, Oh, she really loves to sing. It's, 
oh, she's, she's pretty good at this. And I think this is something that we could get her practicing and get better at. And so I actually started voice lessons when I was about nine years old. And, um, I just loved to sing. I loved to be on stage. I loved connecting with an audience. I loved taking a song, learning what the story was, learning about the lyrics and the feeling behind the song and how I'm supposed to emote that and get people to connect with me on a deeper level with just standing up there and singing. You know, it's a really, it's a very interesting gift. And um, I'm very lucky to have been given that. And I think even at that young age, I knew it was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I would watch shows like American Idol and I would think, oh my, I, I can do that. Or I would, you know, go to concerts and, and watch these shows and be like, I can do that. You know, and I feel like that dream started very young for me and it's still going on. I'm still pursuing it. And I don't think I'll ever stop pursuing it. Which is where growth is, right? Once you start growing, yeah. there's really no stopping. Yeah. Well, getting on American Idol. I mean, <laughs> you thought I'll get on American Idol. How was that as an experience? Like, oh my gosh. Well, so before American Idol, I actually did American Idol Juniors and it was, gosh, what was it? 2003, I think I was, I was 10 and that was, that was my first ever singing competition show. And, um, that even was a, a great experience for me. I made top 20. I was living in LA. Uh, my dad and I were in a hotel living in LA for like a month and, you know, you learn a lot, um, being in the spotlight like that at a, at a young age, I remember going back to my hometown and everybody had seen me on TV and it was like, Oh, are you Grace Lear? And you're like, what, why, why do people, this is so weird. It was so weird to me. Um, and I was also playing competitive soccer. So, um, I actually had to miss out on a bunch of soccer games to go to American juniors. And I remember being so sad as a little kid, like, Oh, I'm going to miss my state cup championship game. And, um, so that's where the, the life balance started. I had to start learning how to manage everything in my life. But um, then American Idol happened after I had moved to Nashville. So 16 years later, when I was 28, I auditioned for American Juniors. And um, I actually had a great experience. I had been living in Nashville. I was working a nine to five sales job, um, sitting in a cubicle, making you know 100 calls a day. Um, really not loving that job, but knowing I had to pay my bills and um, knowing I just needed to be in Nashville in order to grow my career and challenge myself. And I was singing on nights and weekends with my band and the auditions came around for American Idol. And I was like, I don't know, do I really want to do this? Whatever. We'll see what happens. And it completely changed my life. Um, I, after the show, I made top 10 and I then quit my job. Uh, it was still COVID at this time. So it was kind of weird when I came off the show because I, I came back to Nashville where I was already living and um, just started writing. And, you know, then all these things are thrown at you like record labels and management and publishing and you're very caught off. You know, I had to then learn so much about the industry itself, um, which can be very overwhelming. but. Mm -hmm. I mean, American Idol was one of those things that it was so scary. And I remember going to that first audition in front of Katy Perry, Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. And I, you know, you prepare your songs and you know what you're, you know, what you're going into. And I had, thankfully I had one of my best friends, Kyle, who was in my band with me. 
And I asked him to play guitar for me at the audition because I knew I would be too nervous to play guitar by myself in the audition. He was like, yeah. So we drove to Milwaukee together and I at one point wanted him to turn the car around. I was like, I don't want to do this. Uh, I'm what if what if I get a no? What if they don't like me? What if I mess up? Um, I don't want to do this. Like, let's just go back to Nashville and keep doing music there and it'll be fine. I don't have to be on a TV show. This is so stupid. You know, you're just kind of like talking yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're it's it's that's the fear. So that was the fear being challenging me. And then I I think I called my brother or texted my brother or something. And he was just like, Grace, like you can do this. Like, and Kyle was like, I'm not going to turn the car on. Like, you're too talented. I believe in you. You can do this. So I did it. And, um, if you've watched my, that audition, it was the first one. Um, I'm bawling my eyes out. Like I am such a mess because it meant so much to me. And it like still makes me emotional thinking about it because I remember standing on that American Idol logo here, singing my first song, being so nervous. And they say back to me things like, you know, oh, you have this certain twang in your voice. Um, you know, they, they just gave me such beautiful feedback and they really got what I was doing as a musician, as an artist. And they got who I was as a singer. And it was so cool to be understood in that moment after kind of banging your head against the wall in a town like Nashville, that's so competitive, so saturated, full of talented, wonderful female artists. And to just feel like, oh, someone finally saw me. And like this dream that I've had is not stupid. It was like the first time in a very long time that it was validated that this dream that's been, you know, just burning in me since six years old, it felt like it was happening in that moment. And it was so crazy. It was such an out of my body experience. And I was just so emotional and overcome with just gratitude and just like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I'm so ready to do this. And from there, it just felt like one of those years that everything. Um, I don't know if you've read the book Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, but it's his memoir. And he talks a lot about, he uses this uh, phrase, this um, metaphor about in life, you get, you know, green lights, yellow lights, red lights. And that year for me was so many green lights. And when you get those green lights, it's like, just say yes, just keep going, just move forward. And then when the show then when the live shows happened and the lockdown happened that was a yellow light that was like okay what do we do here and then we had to film the show from our backyards and that was a whole other thing but I just think it was one of those years where I was so sure of myself I knew who I was and everything had happened for a reason because I was 28 and I mean there's there's people here that take off at 20 18 like I felt like I was behind and but little did I know everything that had happened and all the no's that I got were just getting me ready for that moment. We're just preparing me. And they were saying, it's not, you're not ready. It's not time. It's not time. It's not time. And then finally it was time. And I just felt very comfortable in my skin. I felt very confident. And I think that's why I was successful on the show. Um, and yeah, it changed my life. I'm forever grateful for it. You know, it's as you were talking, I, I actually got emotional just listening <laughs> because I can relate to, you know, I made a big change with, I did something uncomfortable, quit a successful corporate career to do something that I was told I'm too old, you know, 
you know, industry that's oversaturated, like you can never make it, you're not going to make enough money and so forth. And it was scary. And I remember handing in my resignation, absolutely horrified of like, am I making the biggest mistake of my life, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, just go with it. Like, it feels right. I don't know. It feels extremely scary. Mm -hmm. Just go for it. And I'm so glad to hear that you had people who are like, you're not getting out of this. You're going, right? And sometimes, you know, I tell my clients, sometimes it takes one person who believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Yeah. Because you're right. It's you have this dream and then you have all of these reasons to talk yourself outside of your dream because it's scary and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's easy to, it's easy to just stay where you're at. It's easy to be in the comfortable and it's those things that do scare you and those things that do make you uncomfortable that that's a good thing. If it scares you, that's a good thing. If it's like, I don't know if I can do this because even if you fail, even if I had gone through that audition and it was a no, just to be able to say like, whoa, I sang in front of those people and I did it. And that was really hard and scary, but I'm really proud of myself. There's always going to be something, a lesson or some sort of thing, even if you fail. Something in, a coach told me when I was younger was failure is fertilizer. And I always, always stuck with me because it's like, well, yeah, because if you fail, it just fertilizes and fuels more inside you what you need to how to grow it's just that's how you get there you know we can't always be successful or you're not going to be grateful for those moments where you do succeed and I tell people there's no failure you know it's just no for the universe or God or whatever spirit is asking you for redirections okay you got this what did that experience teach you you're exactly right so what do I need to do next and I do think the things that you know I started my business as a fitness business and it has gotten to where it is because things weren't working out in my view, right? And I was like, oh, why is this not working out? And life just kind of, instead of going from here to here, kind of took me like this. And I'm like, wow, look, I had no idea. That's not what I started, but I kind of surrendered to the experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I'm also glad you talked about opportunities that sometimes you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I've never done that before. But you're like, you know what? Just say yes. And that's what yeah. I tell clients. Like, just say yes. They're like, yeah. but I'm not ready. I'm like, you'll never be ready if you don't jump. Just jump. Yeah. Yep. Just oh, jump. I love that. I, I love <laughs> your story. So tell people, like, this is so inspirational, but like, tell people, what does it feel like to live in your dream? Because I think that's something also that's, you know, like, I'll tell you from my experience, it feels surreal some days. I'm like, wow. I Like, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I did this. Like, What is your experience in living the life that you want to live, the life that you had a vision for? I mean, it's still scary. You know, there's, there's still a lot that's unknown, but I, I have to remind myself that I created this life by manifesting, by speaking it into existence, by taking those opportunities and being fearless. Um, And so I know that I can continue it and create something greater. But for me, my, I remember what I like to remember on those days where maybe, you know, I don't feel like I'm booking enough shows or maybe I'm not, my song's not doing as well as I wanted it to, or have, you know, it just feels maybe slow. And like, as an entrepreneur, you have those, you know, those days, especially in the creative world, like you just have kind of, it goes up and down. And, um, 
like this time last year with my record coming out, it was very different. I was busy and crazy and all that stuff. And now it's kind of a different year of writing for the next project, honing in on these new songs that I have coming and, and kind of almost like getting things set up rather than go, go, go when you have music coming out. And so I'm, I'm learning that part of the career and how it kind of has ups and downs, especially as a new artist. But something I always try to remember is I, there were days when I was driving, cause I would call my dad every morning on my way to work. Um, and even at like 6am, cause he's always up really early. And there were so many days where I'd be driving to the, the office and just would cry and just be like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I, I didn't move to Nashville to do this. And he would just, you know, he would say, it's not forever. It's not forever. You know, like it's, it's going to be okay. And then I remember, and then, so when I have those days where I maybe am doubting myself, I just, I think, wait, I got to get up this morning, go write a song. Then I got to record the demo. Now I have to, you know, now I'm planning these outfits for these shows coming up. It's like, wait, this is, this is the life I've wanted. Or maybe I'm on a plane at six in the morning and I'm exhausted, but I'm going to open for an artist that I really love. And it's those moments where they're just like, this is my, this is my job. Like this is, this is now my job. My job now isn't going to, I get to do for a living. <laughs> I get to do what I love for a living. And yeah, you know, the, it can go up and down financially and up and down, you know, of course everything is, it's not perfect, but it is, I think my mom always said is if you do what you love, the money will follow. And if you just, just follow what you love. And if every day I'm doing what I love and what makes me happy, I think that's the dream for anybody. So, and everybody's dream is different. I think it's, very well said and very powerful because as an entrepreneur, I go through the same things. And sometimes I'm like, I used to freak out like a client lives and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a gap. But I've yeah. learned trust that Just trust. those areas, you know, I say kind of life goes like this step up and then cruise, step up and cruise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's where we cruise where the growth happens, right? Because that's, that's where it's true. uncomfortable. When mm-hmm. you feel the growth, you're like, yeah, I got this. And when you're yeah. here, you're like, oh, I think I have things. Like, and that's what I would love to ask you, like talk about the importance of mindset work mm-hmm. and terms of especially where you are, right? You're very visible on stage and in front of the world. What's the mindset work that you do? So mindset in terms of performing or just just like keeping yourself sound and grounded. Mm-hmm. You mentioned gratitude, you know, you mentioned like reminding yourself that, oh my gosh, I am living my dream every day. That reminder that keeps you grounded like maybe um we talked before in our prior interview like self-care like what are the things that keep you grounded and stable and your cup full so that you can you know serve the world with your talent yeah well I think definitely I practice gratitude I manifest like crazy um I journal a lot I mean being a songwriter every time you get in the room and get to write you're it's therapy you know you get to talk about your feelings and what's going on um, but in, in these days where it's maybe not going as fast forward as I want to, I try to just say, you know, it won't always be like this. Cause like you just said, it goes up and cruise and up and cruise. Um, so I try to be, I think, and I'm reading this book, I'm reading a book by Jay Shetty about love and 
part of it, in, and I am in a relationship, so it talks about relationships, but it's mostly about loving yourself and finding solitude in finding that you can be alone and being alone is really great for you. So I do try to find those, those moments, you know, waking up extra early um, to just have coffee by myself for an hour and not say a word to anybody and just be in my own space, my own thoughts. And um, I do a lot of yoga and I meditate, yeah, obviously in yoga. Um, I don't just meditate. I've, I, I'm not very good at that, but I would like to get good at meditation. Um, maybe when life gets crazier, I'll start meditating more. But um, well, you a cup of coffee if you're present in that moment. Yeah, that's meditation. Yeah, right? and breathing. But I would say before a show, um, because of my athletic background, I'm very like, I like I like to have a routine, and I find that before a show, some people are like wanting to be really social or they have a couple of drinks um, and they kind of get, you know, that, that gets them in the zone. I'm very chill before I perform. I'm like, it's like pregame, you know, you get, you get, everybody gets pumped up in their own way. I'm, I like to listen to music while I do my hair and makeup in the green room and have some tea. And I get really nervous. Like my adrenaline is kind of crazy before I get on stage. And I used to deal with nerves um, as a kid and it was really bad and I've, I've learned to control it now with breathing and um, gratitude and affirmations and just saying like you know you're okay and this is what you're doing what you love and have fun and it's a lot like before a soccer game I would get nervous and have to kind of calm myself down and you know just do the things for me but I think um, I really do love being by myself and I, I'm in a really happy relationship, but it, we were just talking about that this morning that we're really good at being like our own person. And I think that's really healthy. So anyway. And you know, I have learned, I am a very much of an extrovert and with age, mm -hmm. with what I do, I have really learned that I need some alone downtime to- To recharge. Batteries. Yes. Yeah. And that's my movement. You know, like I am kind of like you, I like to do my movement is my meditation. I go through my practice. And that's my time to myself mm -hmm. to just tune up everything else and just focus on myself, body and mind. Yeah. So, I think um, something else is like the, is finding for me being a creative, um, being creative in other ways. So with cooking, it was so funny the other day I came home and, um, I was in such a creative mood to cook and I wanted to try these different recipes and it was so my roommate was like what is wrong with you and I'm like I don't know I just have all these ideas in my head and I really want to try them out and I was like I made like a healthy version of fried chicken and then I made this like healthy version of this really yummy brownie dessert and I had to make it three times because I was like well you know I want to try it this way and now I want to try it this way and it's just like the kitchen had blown up but I, sometimes I just get these urges to just create and it might be in music um whether it's grabbing my guitar or in the kitchen or sometimes I use my energy and just go for a run but um it's just it's just really fun I think that's just part of who I am I think that's so important that you talk about that because I tell people that you have to find what works for you right and mm -hmm. maybe your thing is I love to journal some people are like there's no way I'm ever gonna sit down yeah. Right? For some people it might be dancing or painting or whatever your thing is or knitting or whatever your thing is crafts. 
it doesn't have to be what everybody else does. It has to be yeah. whatever feels good to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Grace, let's end up with what, what's your definition of rebellious and rebel? What's a rebel in your mm-hmm. world, in your dictionary? What's a rebel? Rebel, rebellious person. Oh, I think someone who just goes against the grain. I think someone who paves their own way, someone who um, is fearless, someone who doesn't care what people think. That kind of comes to mind. I love it. Grace, how can people follow you? Where can people find you and follow your journey, your music? Oh, everywhere. Um, I, but it's all Grace Lear music. So social media is all Grace Lear music, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, and gracelear.com is my website and my cookbook is free on there. It's free digital download of my cookbook, um, which is really fun. So yeah. That's me. Grace, I'm so grateful for your time here. Thank you for the inspiration and vulnerability and talking to our listeners. And you guys have a rebellious day. Stay rebellious. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so Bye. much. Thank you. Can get enough of those rebellious conversations? Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends.